0: For over 75 years, Moses has served this region with hustle, integrity, and caring. Our core values are what make us the number one provider of complete customer care, from sales to our service and parts departments, all the way to our body shop.
1: I'm Reeves Kirtner, and this is In Your Business. Season one of In Your Business is presented by Moses Auto Mall of Huntington. Online at mosesmeansmore.com. Empowered by the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce and Kindred Communications. This week we're going grocery shopping with Tim Ford, the owner of Food Fair. He's going to take us up and down the aisles of his regional grocery store chain just to find the odds in an industry dominated by corporate giants. We'll discuss the secrets behind their success, explore the challenges of being an independent player, and uncover the strategies that have made Food Fair a staple in our community for more than 55 years. Let's get in your business. Tim, thank, thank you for being here. Start by telling us the history of Food Fair and how you've literally been a part of the company your, your entire life. Let's start there.
2: Okay. We started like many, many other family businesses start. You know, uh, my dad, Charles Fourth went into business when I was six years old. And we, we will not talk about how long ago that was. Okay, fair enough. It was a long time ago. <laughs> And uh, you know, hard you know, through hard work, you know, uh, he was absolutely uh, not given any not given any um, uh, advances up. Okay, you know, he, got it. he he worked at B and B Food Market at 19 years old. From the time he was 19 years old to his 27, started out as a carryout boy back when we had carryout boys. Okay, and uh, worked his way up, managed every department in the store with the exception of the meat department in eight and a half years. Okay, got this opportunity to lease this 4,000 square foot wood wood floored little grocery store in Barbersville, West Virginia, that many people know as Tower Grocery. And when you walk into our store today, if you look up, you'll see pictures of it. Uh, there was actually a grocery store there from the 40s on, and there has been ever since. But uh, it shows a picture of the, of the store in the 40s. It shows a picture of the, the stores when we bought it and then the, all the stages since. But uh, at that time, he bought it. It was a 4,000-square-foot wood building uh went in there he he opened the door he closed the door as a child growing up uh dinner time at our house was nine o'clock in the evening time oh wow because the store closed today by That's the time right. you got the floor mopped and and and, and all the tills checking the tills checked out and then you got home it was nine o'clock sure. so it was dinner at nine o'clock uh, bed up for school the next morning so you know i've been in this thing my whole life. i grew up in it my That's whole right. life
1: yes so and, and when we talk about your involvement and you, you obviously you you know, I love the story of, of family businesses. What were your first roles within Food Fair, and and uh, you know, talk about what, what, you know where you are now?
2: Well, as a six year old boy, my job was to aggravate to hell. Right, but <laughs> spent spent a lot of time. In the store, because the store was the babysitter. Frankly, my mom and dad both worked in there, okay. and uh, and uh, got uh, you know was probably around teenagers well before I probably should have been as okay. a, as a, a six year old. But but anyway, grew up in it. I was doing things at twelve years old that, uh, frankly, wage an hour would probably put us under the jail for today. Got it. Uh, you know, at, I can tell you, at fifteen years old, I went to work for 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 uh, for real. Okay. And uh, my job was to clean the meat department after the butchers worked all day, uh, to uh, and, and so forth. But before I did that, the beef truck would come in on two nights a week. Okay. And at, at that time, we were we were buying whole sides of beef, so we, they came in in quarters, four quarters and hind quarters. Well, they weigh about two hundred pounds apiece. So, okay. at fifteen years old, I was putting one of those on my shoulder, walking it into the cooler, hanging it. Uh, to to get it in the cooler. After that, my job was to use equipment that I probably shouldn't have been using: bandsaws, knives, whatever. It broke the, broke the beef down into uh, saw ready uh, primals for the for the meat cutters the next day, and then and then bone and trim the offfall. So I was I was actually a meat cutter at 15
1: years old. Sure. So when did when did food fair start? So you mentioned you know the tower location, and you can tell whenever you talk to somebody if they're a local or if they've been here their whole life, they call it tower. When did Food Fair start expanding and, and you know, adding a second, third, fifth location? How, how many locations do you have now, and when did you all start that?
2: Well, we have 18 locations right now that we, uh, we use under the trade name of Food Fair. Yes. Uh, we, uh, actually, as early as 1969, uh, my dad got the opportunity. Uh, he'd been in business two years. He uh, had got the opportunity to... Buy a little another little four thousand square foot store in a, in Cole Grove, Ohio, that we still run today under under the name of Village Pantry. It's not a food fair. But okay, they can't do exactly everything we do, but it's it, it's just a little community store. Yeah, we're still running it today. Uh, and he, he bought it in 1969. So, you know, 27 years old at, at, uh, in 1967, he, he bought the one little 4,000-square-foot store. In 1969, he bought another, and that's when my uncle came into the business with us, okay. uh, Gene Fourth. Uh, both, are, both are deceased now. But uh, that's when he came into the business and ran that one, and, and, and Dad ran the one in Barbersville. And, uh, and it just went from there. Right. Most of our stores are family businesses that— that the family either did not want or could not run anymore the the person who ran them got older passed away families weren't interested or didn't have the expertise to do it and that's kind of how we grew to, right. to the 18 stores we are today
1: right so you know i, I want to talk about you know being an independent in a, in a chain world um what what sets food part apart from the larger chain competitors in your opinion
2: well, you know, obviously our people, it uh, sets us apart. You know, our people, you know, I have many, many, many 30-year employees, uh, 20-year employees, uh, all the way down to the college kids uh, that, that are part-time that work their way through college. You know, probably one of the most rewarding things that, that we have done is I have uh, alumni, as I call them, from, from uh, food fair that are they're lawyers, they're dentists, they're uh, – I had one, had one young man call me well, – I, I say he's young, he's, he's middle-aged now <laughs> – but he lives in North Carolina, uh, was an employee for us, worked through high school and college. And he now runs uh, uh, a aerospace company in North Carolina. Oh, wow. Uh, he's the CEO of that. He called me up uh, when my father passed away and expressed his condolences. And he said, you know, the one thing that I really appreciate about my time with you guys is you guys taught me how to work. And, you know, that meant a lot to me. Right. Uh, so our people are what are what set us apart. Uh, you know you talk about you know being an independent in a chain environment it's kind of like uh, you know battling the Soviet Union on one front and China on the other front and and uh, and Iran on the other front that's it, right. It, you know you' you're kind of bombarded from all ends everybody wants to be in the grocery business today uh, in certain parts of it is it really oh well yeah look look around target you know target
1: uh, okay I uh, see yes yeah yeah
2: everybody wants to dabble in it because they like that frequency to get the customer in the door that's, that's right that's 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 Walmart's uh, plan and so forth so everybody's taking shots at you right down to the drugstore right down to the dollar store no, that's right and so forth wow. so so you know it's it, it's challenging uh, but what you have to do is you have to differentiate yourself if you if you try to follow the big guys, you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, you're 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 you a uh, dog uh, a, a dog sled team, and you know if if you're trying to follow the big guys, the view is always the same.
1: That's true. You know, yeah. so you
2: got to differentiate yourself uh, and be the
1: lead at something, and that's what we try to do. So, what, what do you all try to, to lead in? What do you try to well, di- differentiate yourself in? Service.
2: Okay. Uh, number one, service. When you walk in, you're going to see most of the time you're going to see the same person all the time. Now we have turnover like everyone else. Sure. But 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 a lot of our employees are. Long-term employees—they know your name when you come in. We know your—they know you you know their name, and all that is—that's different than the chain experience. The 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 next one is quality perishables. You know, we try to do the things that the chain stores don't want to do. We want to have the best deli in town. We want to have the best produce department down. We we, we've hung our hat for years on our 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 meat selection and and our black our black Angus black canyon Angus beef, and those are things that the chain stores don't want to do right you know we're the we're just about the only person in town still cutting meat fresh in store.
0: Moses Amal of Huntington has been the region's premier Cadillac dealership for over 20 years. To see our selection of new and pre-owned Cadillacs visit us online at mosesmeansmore.com.
1: You mentioned you know, the challenges um, what are the challenges that you do face as an independent? Well, there's no question that you know you we're
2: we're battling the giants. You know, uh, someone someone media called it the David and Goliath story. It
1: is. I I think it it is. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: you know, especially when you look at you know go to our our first store, Barbersville. When you look when you look at that store, you know we're dealing with one major competitor, uh, the the largest or the second largest in the country. with an eighty-five thousand square foot store in our parking lot, that's right. We have uh, you uh, go, you know, what a thousand yards down the street, and you got another major competitor. Sure. with a brand new store. Well, go east, uh, go east four miles, go west four miles, and you have two two hundred thousand square foot of the largest retailer in the world. Yeah. So, so you know, we're 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 battling it all ends, and you know, frankly, you know, it's if we got to be the best, because if we're not the best, that we, we're we're going to get swallowed. Oh, that's and, right, and we know that.
1: Yeah. Talk, talk about that that store in in Tower and I, I I don't know the history I know some of the history I don't know the whole thing um you're right you share a parking lot with with a competitor um when they what year did that competitor move in do you know
2: uh roughly 1990 something it's been it's been over 20 years ago I can't remember exactly
1: I, I guarantee they were like we'll move in here and he'll close up shop I, I almost guarantee they thought you would not put up a fight. Um, talk about the decision, you know, again, the Route 60 store in Barbersville, your, your competitor, you share a parking lot with. But when when they made that new store, you could have, you know, all right, well, let's just close the doors and go somewhere else. But rather than that, you, you closed your store and built a bigger one in a more more modern location. But talk about that story.
2: Well, you know, there there were those at the time that that uh, kind of scratched their head and those in business that kind of scratched their head and said, you know, what are you guys doing? Right. Well, well, probably a good question, frankly. Uh, but, you know, the Barbersville community and the East Cabell County community had always been good to us, and we we knew that we could compete on key areas, meat department, you know, uh, uh, delis, perishables. If we had the proper facilities, we knew we could we could compete there. That's and right. frankly, we stay very competitive even on even on dry grocery shelf prices. Okay. I mean, yeah, you know, we we don't apologize for anything we put out there because we we stay competitive. Uh, you know, would I would I have uh, went to the bank and borrowed the money to put that in? Probably not. But uh, one thing my dad taught me long ago he goes He goes Let's work on our own capital. Let's work on our own money. That's right. Because our business is so volatile, we're we're all our any business plan we put out there is only as good as the next competitor moving in. That's right. So so we've always worked on our own capital, and uh, that's allowed us to be competitive where uh, people that are highly leveraged are not. Sure.
1: Uh, Let's talk about some of the the trends in the in the grocery industry Um, out of all the the, so many businesses changed before and after covid Um, grocery industry was, I think, changing before and then it really got accelerated. I mean, who would have thought on grocery delivery and 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 pickups and and all that kind of stuff? Um, How how do you how how do you and how does food fair, you know, look at the industry trends and and make your decisions to adapt them, adopt them as well? Well, again, you know, you you want to
2: technology is probably the biggest change we've seen over the last five years. You know, when my father passed away a little over five years ago, one of my biggest fears was can I catch up technologically? We were behind, frankly, very behind in, in technology. We were operating stores with 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 uh, paper ads going mailed to homes and so forth. When, back before, uh, back when other stores were having apps and, and being online and doing these things and we were just behind on that and we have spent the last five years very very quickly trying to catch up and you know uh if uh my my it uh, guy i've got one you know we're you know these other guys they got a whole team of it people of course they do yeah i've right. got i've got one that's right and, and as far as i'm concerned he's the best and, and i told him i said i said if you quit i quit and but he's he's hung in there and he is loyal as they come and like a lot of my staff, just just super super loyal, and uh, we have adapted. You yeah. know, we we have caught up. We're still catching up. Still got a ways to go. But uh, technology has changed everything. COVID changed how people shop. Yeah. You know. Now we see the increase of curbside, and now it's coming. You know, Okay. Now that COVID's over, it's coming back down again. But but where people go to get their information has changed. The paper ad is no longer. You know. Uh, it, uh, it. And some people. Are not happy about that. We, we would put it out there as long as we had an economical means to do it. But we, when uh, when the big guys pull out of the paper advertising, there's no medium there to do that That's anymore. Right. You know, the tri-state, the tri-state Sunday become the tri-state monthly. Yes, and it's uh, it's just not cost effective to try to do that on your own.
1: Paper's expensive.
2: Oh, I mean, very expensive, right. <laughs> very and the delivery yeah. of it. It's a, oh, very expensive. What, yeah. what
1: other trends? Um, I mean, mean talked about that. We, you know, technology wise. Um, what are the trends are, are out there and that you you all are following now?
2: Well, the the trend to to fresh. You know, if you go back twenty years, you know, uh, canned goods were the major staple. People, if you you write a big canned good ad, uh, you you build a big display, stack it high, people beat your door down for. Well, not, not so much anymore. People are very much more fresh, in tune to fresh product. Uh, you know, the average consumer comes in our door and does not know what they're going to fix for dinner that evening. Okay. So convenience is yeah. important with the two working households. And we're adapting to that, uh, trying to make it easier for them to put a meal on their table in 30 minutes. And we're, and we're, we're starting to do uh, menus based on that and, and recipes based on that where we can show you, you can put a, a, a nutritious meal on your family's table in 30 minutes or less uh and, and here the here's the kit for it and that's that's kind of where we're heading sure and that's that's where the customer is heading there it's not i'm going to go stock my cupboard and i'll work out of my cupboard till the next payday that's that, right that is changing gra- uh, greatly the younger generation doesn't do that uh our parents did or, or well my wife still does your your, your generation does yeah, that's right yeah yeah yeah
1: uh and, the uh, bomb shelter people, right? Got to stock up the bomb shelter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, with that's right.
2: with yeah. the canned us, goods. Yeah, us uh, baby boomers, we do that. Yeah, you know? but uh, I, I watch, I watch how my children, my my, my adult children, they're in their are their late thirties to forties. I, I look at their behaviors on how they food shop and so forth, and it's much different than what what we do. Right, you know. So. You know, we, we're, we're trying to react to that, and, uh, and it, it's changed in the last five years. It is it, it, What changes has happened in the last five years probably took
1: – that kind of change took 20 years before right. it to happen. What do you think – are there other trends you see happening uh, that anybody's talking about?
2: Well, the trends with grocery inflation uh, yeah. that's happening, and it is uh, slowing down a little now, not near as bad as it was, but it's still there. Sure. We're starting to see the more acceptance of store brands uh, coming in, coming into play for years, you know, uh, people, one of the name brands, the name brand, you know, you know, and, and a lot of that was advertising influence, you know, choosy mothers choose.
1: Yes. Jeff. yes, uh,
2: and so forth. But the, a, the quality of store brands have came up very much. Uh, and the, uh, in the, the with the inflation the way it is price has become more of an issue yeah and people are are kind of moving a little bit more toward that and we're reacting to that sure. we for years we were the name brand people we, uh, we you know we had name we we boasted name brand product at at, at uh, store brand prices well now store brands that the quality has come up to the point that we're we're shifting our focus a little bit and and and, and becoming more uh more player in the name, in the store brand category. how does
1: how does food fair? how does a regional grocery store? Do the store brands? Um, Kroger has a Kroger brand, and and, and Walmart has a choice brand, good. Cho- I don't know. What, I don't know. What they they, they all do. They, they do. all do. How 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 does Food Fair have that? Off-brand store brand. Well, we, products.
2: we we depend on suppliers. We we use two or three different suppliers okay. that have that have what they call uh, private brands, right? Okay, and and then we 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 pick the best out of that. Yeah, yeah to be honest with you, uh, you know what? Probably the biggest in our store now is, is uh, Everyday Essential. Right, okay, that, that is one that we carry. Uh, Walnut Creek is also another brand that we have that, uh, that we work with that's, that's a private brand that we, that we use that has wide acceptance. It's uh, an Amish-based comp- company. Uh, and, uh, and then there, there are others, but those are probably our two biggest.
0: Moses Automall of Huntington has been the region's professional-grade GMC dealership for over 20 years. To see our selection of new and pre-owned GMCs, visit us online at MosesMeansMore.com.
1: Do you seek guidance or, or inspiration from other Food fairs across the country, other regional grocery stores?
2: Yes, there's no question about that. You know, we, you know, in, through organizations like the National Groceries Association and uh, FMI and so forth, you know, we collaborate. I, I went to the National Grocers Association convention in, uh, in uh, Las Vegas earlier this year, and you see th- Trending things. And, you know, not that you use them exactly the well, way not. those folks sure. look at it, but but you also but you do you you, you get uh, ideas from that.
1: Is it like an independent type it is. Of meeting or uh, you it know? is
2: it, it's all it's all regional change and independence, just like me, you know, but. Uh, you know, you know, some some are even larger than us. You know, you know, uh, for example, you know, Food City's part of that organization. Okay. they're they're a, they're a larger they're a larger regional chain down in Kentucky. So uh, you know, spent a lot of time with their IT guy, just bouncing things off, of off each other. Sure.
1: Talk about let's talk about supply chain and and and, and, sourcing and that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously. You know, supply chain issues that has been in the news for the last couple of years, and and eggs, right? I mean, a couple months ago, we couldn't get eggs, or the cost uh, ten dollars for a twelve pack, for a dozen eggs, or, or whatever. You know, how how does food fair? You know, how do you manage your supply chain and your sourcing strategies to compete with those those larger chains?
2: Well, first of all, you don't depend on one on, on one source. That's number one. We we have two major wholesalers we deal with. We also have uh, suppliers we deal with direct. Uh, you know, from a from a supply chain uh, perspective, it's getting better. You know, it's not perfect yet, right, right. but it, it is getting much better. You know, the the, the supply chain thing kind of leads you into the to the inflation area thing, and and you That's mentioned right. you mentioned eggs, uh, you know, commodities. Okay, you know, uh, they. That is that is one segment of what causes inflation: supply and demand. Yes. It's just it's just part of our system, you know. Avian flu was a big uh, uh, a big component to why eggs got so high when, when they we've had to we had to kill just millions and millions of chickens, uh, layers at, at peak times, right, right, for for so forth on that. And see that that same disease also was what caused the turkey shortage, uh, not last year but the year before. And uh, it's, it's even affecting prices today in that the fear is out there right. among the producers that, oh, it's going to hit again. Well, you know, uh, give you a little market hint coming up is uh, probably turkeys should be plentiful this, this year. Okay, uh, A lot of people, the pricing was high because the offerings come out high because they were in fear of avian flu that didn't happen. So this year you might actually see – fresh turkeys which are typically higher than frozen turkeys for thanksgiving you might see those actually at parity price with frozen turkeys this year so it's going to be a little different dynamic
1: talk about too you 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 have a huge warehouse and and distribution center for food food fair as well right we do we that's uh, a big part of your your strategy
2: yes we do have a local warehouse uh we uh we're honestly that's how we stay competitive when I told you earlier that that, that, that we don't uh, we, we don't uh, back up from from uh, our, our value and our sure. price with the chains that's how we do it uh, be, being able to source buys and so forth and store there and, and, and locally when the pandemic hit you know people said, well why are your stores so stocked and all the chains are empty well it's because I had a facility with six million dollars worth of inventory in it you know right down the street that's right and uh that that helped us in that and yes we 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 have that facility we've had it for 30 years uh right off woodville drive here in huntington we're kind of quiet uh we uh we yeah you uh, wouldn't know
1: it was there yeah yeah we're we're we're, see a few food food fair uh uh, trucks go through but that's yeah you don't know it's there
2: yes but but, uh, we're we're a little over a hundred thousand square feet now as far as grocery warehouses go we're we're a baby i mean that sounds like a lot but uh but we're a little over a hundred thousand square foot warehouse sure
1: what about, what about local suppliers? Do you do you work with local farm suppliers?
2: We do. We do. We have a very good relationship with uh, Clark Farms right across the river in, uh, in, uh, in Chesapeake, Ohio. Okay. Uh, anytime we can work with a local farmer, we do. Uh, that The thing about being local is you got to be local.
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay. Right. You
2: know, we got to own local. And and that's what we try to do. If it's if it's a local product, we try to own local. Yeah. And uh, we, we and anytime we can do that with a local
1: farmer or a local brand or a regional brand, we we want to be the person to do that. Sure. Um, what are the future plans for for Food Fair? What what's next? Or,
2: well, you know, we've we have in the last uh, few years, we've uh, put on we we've put on four new stores. You know the uh, a store in Wheelersburg. We have one in Milton, one in Hamlin, one in Ironton. Uh, we we took over the Pick and Save in Ironton, uh, and so forth. Uh, we're we're just uh, kind of right now trying to uh, grow into that new role in, in, in these facilities. Labor shortage is a big concern right, right now, and uh, and right now we're, we we don't have. Huge plans for for expansion simply because I don't have the people to do so. Right, you know, uh, from a from a management standpoint, uh, you know that's that's the thing right now. If 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 but if an opportunity come up and and the staff is solid and want to stay with you, then op- and obviously we would look to do
1: that. Sure. Do you have the Do you have the room to expand with your warehouse? Oh yes, absolutely. Have you still got room there. We do. Yeah, we we have we
2: have room to expand, and uh, you know we we want to stay you know w- you, you don't want to outkick your coverage if you course. know what i'm saying you yeah know, you, you want to make sure that you can manage what you take on
1: when you look you know to to take on a new location like a, a ironton you know what goes into that decision how how does all that happen do they call you you call them how does that work
2: well in 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 that particular case you know the previous tenant to that building uh, uh announced they were going to close okay and the landlord called me and uh and we, we we worked through some things. You know, I had a I had a um, we had a Allied store in the market that uh, that was older that uh, we we uh, purchased and, and bought out to consol kind of consolidate the market a little bit. And
1: uh, tell me, I get your, your coalgrove store.
2: Uh, no, our coalgrove no? store is still open. This, oh. was a, this was a store in Ironton. Oh, okay. That was uh, that mm-hmm. was an Allied store that uh, friend uh, owned by a friend of mine. He, he was he was in the retirement uh, mode, and store his store needed a lot of investment. He didn't want to do it, so okay. it was just a natural fit. Okay,
1: and um, and
2: and we were able to put that deal together.
1: Do do on other deals? Do people call you like, "Hey, we want to get out of the business. The kids don't want to run it. Will you take it over?" Most
2: of the time, yes. Yeah. I mean
1: there there are. And <laughs> yeah, we'll call Tim; he'll take care of it. Well,
2: there well there are <laughs> multiple stores out there that that families are wanting to get out of them. There's no question about that. Uh, the problem happens is they quit investing in their stores many, many years before they want to get out of them. That's right. And and then they don't have anything to sell once the time comes. Sure. And and you know if you want to try to sell your business if you're look if if that's your exit strategy, then you know, you you've got to you've got to have something to sell when you get there. That's right. You can't you can't get five times earnings out of a out of a company if, if someone's gonna to have to put six times earnings back in it. Sure. To
1: to to, to get it up to standard. You know kind of getting towards 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 the end here um you know what what advice would you give to entrepreneurs looking to be an independent you know having multiple locations in a chain world what do you think the keys are not just grocery but just anything it well it's, being, an indep- ind- being an independent being an
2: independent you know in the supermarket business to be honest with you, that that's what i know so that's what i can opine on i do not know that my dad's story could be repeated today to be honest with. Well, the capital that it takes to, uh, to to get involved in it, to get yourself to a place where you can be significant in a market uh, for source of supply and, and so forth. You know, if you remember, you know, back in 1967, Kroger was still running corner markets okay. in town. OK. And, you know, they, they weren't the big mega stores that they are. Uh, the Walmarts did not exist. That's right. Uh, you know, a lot has changed since then. Uh you know, if you're going to try to do that, you need to you, you got to have a niche, you got to be specialized, and you got to know your market. Sure, uh, I'm not. I, I wouldn't say it. It's impossible to do, but it is very difficult to do in today's market. I don't know that I would try it if yeah, I was sure. starting
1: new sure. today. How, how different, you know, as far east as you go is that uh, far west is that Grayson,
2: Grayson, Kentucky is as far west and as. And then we what
1: know. about east? Would it be your Barstow by- or your know, Coloading? Uh, clothing store would be the farthest to yeah. go All right. What's, are there differences in those stores in oh, that absolutely. like Grayson's different than, I mean Grayson's a beautiful store I was in there a couple of weeks ago for the first time ever and beautiful store um and i grew up in Cloden and i was familiar with the uh, Cloden independent supermarket uh, right. th- showing showing my roots there but you know do you have to run those stores different because the people are different the neighborhoods are different well you
2: do you have to run them different because they're totally different operations you know grayson is our largest volume store uh, it's it's uh, it's our also our largest square footage store and that market is different in that the town of grayson is it's not very big but the outlying rural community is huge that's right and uh, you you get a lot of people from outside the city there that come there to shop sure because the uh you know that it, it's it's just a rural area and it doesn't attract the walmart it doesn't attract the, the those other people that's right so that's a whole different animal than where you're at Cloden, which is really a neighborhood store it is and so you know, we we're able to run both of those as food fairs, but uh, how you operate them uh, uh, changes a lot. Now, one thing we do is you're not going to see any pricing change between Cloden uh, uh, West Virginia, and Grayson, Kentucky. If if it says food fair, it has the same price. That's great everywhere.
1: Yeah, only difference will be the tax, right? The sales tax and whatever that's area exactly they're right. in. Yeah. Um, and, and again, kind of going back to, to trends. What what trends do you personally like? Uh, that you've seen in your time in, in, in this business. What trends do you, do you not uh, particularly like uh, that you're seeing right now? And where are you, where do you stand on, on self checkout? What, you, what are your thoughts? All right. On that? Let's that, go. That, yes. All right. That's a
2: good one. Okay. that That's a good one. You, you remember when I said earlier that uh, if you, if you try to follow, always follow the leader, the the view never changes. That's right. Okay. Well, our circumstances are much different than our chain brethren. They might they're much larger stores than we are. They might have ten cashier lanes open if, if, if for full checkout. So what they have done is they have went to self checkout to cut labor cost. Of course, okay. We have not because a we're local. You know, we, we want that customer interaction with our people and so forth. So we have chosen not to do that. Now, we both have the same problems because, you know, with the labor shortage, wages have went up. Well, that was great when when the federal government was throwing out SNAP benefits like crazy. Sure. And everybody's business was that's great. Right. But now that's gone, but we still have these wages up here. So we're all looking to to cut our, wa- our total wage cost. We're choosing to do it in other ways, other than self-checkout, because we think it's very important to have uh, to to have that customer interaction at the front end. That that is the last chance you have to influence a customer. Is at the cash register. That's right. And we think that's important. And as long as I can I can get people to
1: to uh, that with
2: smiling faces to work that job, we're going to keep it.
1: So that's that's the one. We're not going to see self-checkout for the time being. I, that is
2: I, not unless we just have to.
1: This has been In Your Business. I'm your host, Reeves Kirtner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and even leave us a review. Season one of In Your Business is presented by Moses Automall of Huntington. MosesMeansMore.com. And powered by the Huntington Regional Chamber of Commerce and Kindred Communications.
0: This is Jason Moses, Executive Manager of Moses Automall of Huntington, where Moses means more. Thanks for listening to In Your Business.